Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Kevin. I'm a rock radio DJ. I'm a comedian. I do a lot of things that make my parents say, you're still doing that? And I say, yes. Uh, you can hear me on 104.9 The X in Rockford, Illinois, and in Springfield on 97.7 QLZ. They stream on the internet. You can also check out my comedy with Rose Battle Chicago. Our podcast is out now. If you like this podcast, go listen to that podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts is where you should go get Roast Battle Chicago. This is going to be a great JBTV podcast right here on Pantheon Podcast. This week, we're featuring Kevin Kellum right here on JBTV, the podcast. JBTV. Welcome to the JBTV podcast. Each and every show is dedicated to great music lovers. Are you ready? The podcast starts right here, right now. New music now. So, uh, uh, this is a trip. This is a trip, dude. Yeah, I'm glad you had a chance to come Thank down. You. I was, uh, you know, going, oh, I guess we could do it on Zoom, but are we, are we just rolling right now? Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. I didn't know when I don't, we started. You know, yeah. come on. This yeah, is exactly. JBTV. When have you. Uh, I, I love it's, it's the, the uh, big, elaborate setup that makes you feel big time, but then you're also like, yeah, we just go with it. <laughs> like, like, there's like, there is like the standard, like, cut, go, this thing. <laughs> now you're on this corporate broadcaster. Then we hit our cues. And, and the, but no, we have the million dollar equipment but i love we have a, a we still have a college radio approach which i i can appreciate yeah 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 lot. cool so nice and close to this mic sure, so you sound sure. better. is that better Chris, yeah good yeah All you right. know it's like radio yeah I, so. I i work in radio and i should remember how to talk into a microphone yeah well I? there is you that go better? yeah that's cool i love so. how you know if it doesn't sound good just by looking at it i just like, yeah th- that's how well, these are, are these are shotguns and okay. uh i really get a kick out of when we go to like Lollapalooza and uh-huh. stuff you can't hear a damn thing. Because there's so much sound, yeah. When I went back to the studio with these mics, it sounds like, what? Yeah, it's like It sounds like I have a hearing problem because you can hear everybody <laughs> perfectly. There's not an issue whatsoever. You know, because the quality's so good on these. And, uh, you know, it's just the only way to do it, you know. Yeah, so so how how is it adapting to the new studio? I love it. Yeah? You like, yeah. Is, it, is there a convenience to it that you like, too? Yeah, I like getting up and just working. I've been doing radio from home rock radio from home five days a week and then i have my podcasting job as well and other stuff and it's all like i do not have this elaborate setup it is Uh it is a computer it is a usb it is uh, a usb microphone condenser mic simpler stuff and i'm on five days a week from my home in chicago and i'm in rockford and springfield which don't feel that far away and i'm I'm, i go there often enough so it isn't like oh too far Uh but there is still this weird disconnect to getting used to broadcasting from from home and we're so removed culturally from the the, the pandemic you know we can get around we we've had concerts we just had Lollapalooza and Riot Fest and the club did you go to any of them I went I didn't go to Lollapalooza this year I went to Riot Fest and I had a really good time uh-huh. it's kind of fun to, to it do was, it now and well, I guess we'll touch on it at some point but yeah, yeah. it's fun to do it now and not have like the uh the professional obligations I guess with it <laughs> like I, I'm still there in like a, a rock radio capacity but I'm not there 
um, the way I was like years ago when I was doing stuff or radio here in Chicago. Yeah, because you, know, you were working little, all the time. A li- it was still fun. Yeah. I mean, we're still going and having a good time, yeah. but it's still the madness of being at a festival where you're like, oh, you see the whole lineup, and you're like, I'm going to see all of these bands, and you end up you you likely miss all of them. Maybe <laughs> not all of them, but like you'll miss a good half of the list that you make out for yourself before mm-hmm. you go to a three day festival. Mm-hmm. And if anyone out there is watching or listening, and they say, oh, I went to a festival and I saw all the bands I wanted to see, they're that lying. I picked, I didn't never believe it. There's always a band you miss out, and you're like, they're a football field over there. And well, I'm especially at Lollapalooza, it's like it's a 20 minute walk to get to the other side. If you which want, which I don't even... hold against Lollapalooza. It's just we're just spoiled in that regard, right? You know, and you hear from people at Coachella as well, and all these big new, and how there's no way to lay those out. I think perfectly. There's just a way to lay them out like as better as you can. But it's so crazy now. I went to that and like running into people I know from Q101 and everything like that, the, the big alternative station here mm-hmm. and, and some XRT people and people that are involved in the Chicago rock radio world. It was just odd because I'm still broadcasting from Chicago, but I'm not on air yeah. in Chicago. People don't flip on the radio. And even if you stream it, you tend to stream it. The station that's in your town, you tend to stream. Like, but it's kind of neat when there's some people that are like, oh, I'm I'm from Rockford. I live in Chicago. And I Now I listen to you. And I'm on 104.9 The X uh-huh. in Rockford. 104.9 The X. 104.9 The X. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is like, you know, there's some doing like radio imaging stuff. That's such the standard rock name. Yeah, yeah. But it's been The X so long. People love it. Right. They uh-huh. love that station. It's been around uh, since the early 90s. Do you have a triple X after dark? Uh, no, we don't have triple X after dark. <laughs> I, get, I, I bet we could. I bet it'd be easy you know be sponsored by well, one all of the- that would mean is three songs in a row <laughs> short songs short, short songs. songs you don't need you, know, you really don't need long songs well you gotta flip through you know <laughs> cheap stuff we'll be sponsored by the, those big lion's den billboards that you always see when you're driving to indiana or something yeah like that. Yeah, yeah yeah uh but no uh and then i'm with 97.7 qz which is just about to celebrate its 30th anniversary wow. in Springfield, Illinois, Springfield. which is which is uh, the biggest rock radio station in Central Illinois. It's just mm-hmm. really cool, and it's a diff- it's a different energy. It's a different um, thing to per- to do. There's music you can play in those stations that I would play when I was on Q101. But you have freedom at these stations more, don't I, I you? Have, I, have, I have more freedom. Yeah, like yeah. there isn't the sense of like. Um, um, like oh, we need it as tight as this. The timing that I can speak on air is. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to be indulgent. I'm not going like, to go on air for like five minutes at a time. But mm-hmm. like, if you're waiting to hear the Foo Fighters, and I'm going to give you information on the Foo Fighters, but I get to be a little bit goofier, and I wouldn't say. Ind- I want to say indulgent. Uh-huh. I try. I try not to tell myself I'm indul- not uh-huh. indulgent. You know, because yeah, you're yeah. still broadcasting. There's still people that are like listening because it's the the back the soundtrack of their day mm-hmm. or something like that. But it's weird the way that people. Um, in smaller towns, and it may, reminds me of being in the suburbs too, or maybe just being a South Side Chicago kid, and then coming up to the North Side and having that, like, like that chip on my shoulder. Uh-huh. Like you talk to people from Jersey, they're like, "No, I mean we like the Yankees, but we're from Jersey," yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. that type of thing. <laughs> and there was always that chip on my shoulder. Now I kind of have that, but I still, I'm still like living in like a hip right outside of Logan Square with all like the black T-shirt, black blue jeans people, like uh-huh. all the rock club, the, the industry people, and then at the same time. I got to, all right, we're, there's a VFW fundraiser we're doing in Rockford or in Loves Park and, you know, this is going on. So, mm-hmm. so you're on the, you're on the, the bus out there, the train down to, to Springfield and stuff like that. Or I'm still contact with them. Not with the internet. You know, I could be on air in another city all the time. It's know? amazing, isn't it? How it, it is. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that changed, how much did that change broadcasting for you? Totally. It's the pandemic that did it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, you already had it there with the internet though, too. Like, I mean, yeah, like, but, in terms of all of it. Yeah. Though. JBTV, like I, when I first started in radio and I had a radio station in Milwaukee, 93 QFM, I had phone lines put into my house. 
so I could run the transmitter, the whole thing from my house. And you didn't, didn't that feel like it was just like an earth shattering thing? Like it was oh, great, but could, I had a studio would, set up. See, I've always been, I have to have atmosphere. Yes. Okay. You were. So yeah. I had my console, my turntables and tape machines yeah. and everything there, you know? And, and uh, like when it went digital, that had to be crazy for you though, too. Well, that was, was all, all, you were all still cutting tape days. Oh yeah. I was cutting tape till, oh God, with Joe Kelly until the nineties. Did you physically slice the tape to like make production oh, yeah. reels and stuff? How long would it take to make like a 30 second commercial? A couple hours. I remember I went to Columbia College. They had the radio department there, and you could get a degree in radio, which sounds crazy now. And I think they were telling us that we were the last class that would ever physically cut tape. Yeah, and it was and it was like we literally only I think we only did we did one thirty second commercial. And I remember it was you had to have four elements. You had to have background music in it. You had to have this, and you had to physically cut the tape oh, yeah. and mix it, yeah. and then like seal it. And um and then you could rip it digitally and then you could like but it, well, I didn't right, even have digital bit. it was all so I had a twenty four track uh, tape deck okay I had a bunch of two tracks so what I would do is I would build my bed my music bed and two track cut it together make it thirty I would put that transfer to my twenty four track in stereo on f- tracks fifteen and sixteen or or twenty three and twenty four and then I would have uh, Joe Kelly come in and read all of his lines at thirty ips and uh, I would go. You're such a nerd for production man you know you knew the exact like decibels and everything oh, yeah. me it's just like a simple adobe audio edition i use the same filters every day for uh-huh. like different things maybe a better two. well it's I, a whole different time yeah. see back then it was tape so you had to you yeah. know do everything on tape it wasn't the same kind of thing so uh but then i would cut it up and put white leader tape in between the takes and i would sit there with two tape machines timing it out just to get the rough timing then i would put it over to the 24 track and because we did syndication yeah so like joe kelly would be on in, in 50 markets but we'd have like elo tonight you know at wherever it was but then it would be at the springfield auditorium or the peoria civic center oh you're talking about for the for the tour for the tour, for the tour spot yeah. so and i would have all these different tracks Okay, here's Milwaukee, San Francisco, Los Angeles. So we would have generic parts, and just where he would say Tuesday, December tenth, tonight, this week, you know that yeah. kind of stuff. We we would have to do the the, the reads. Um, it's, I still do them, you know, but we'd have to do the reads, and it would be you'd have to do the this Friday, tomorrow, tonight. Like you you would try and do it in one take, but I almost always wanted to do a full read. And oh no no everything which, yeah. I would do, I would double track all the voices so it was all tight. So I yeah. took all the pauses out, you know, and then I could put the little tinny voices in with Joe Kelly and mix it and layer it all in. Yeah, you, know? you definitely had that like that breath of like the full gamut of using the sound and stuff. Yeah, like that too. you know, but that's back when people used to not do production on radio. It was all live commercials, and uh, so when we started doing the rock tours, people would request, "We want to hear that Pink Floyd commercial," you know, because it was so cool with production. Well, there was a lot of that in Chicago already with me growing up was people who loved the commercials. Mm -hmm. Not to say you would tune out for the commercials, but like local commercials had this different charm to them. And you would hear the accent Mm -hmm. in it a little bit. A lot of that doesn't exist anymore. The misters, like the jingles too and stuff like that. Like you don't. Well, they used to be timed the way we ran our radio stations. We used to have 300 radio stations I worked for. So literally, we would have. So you all- couldn't have the accent still, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, growing up. Oh yeah, up with we that did stuff, because yeah. we had the local talents. But the point is, all the music, all the jingles were timed to the music. So let's say the song starts out in the key of C. Mm-hmm. 
the jingle would then end in the key of C. Oh, so, so there's a, there was an orchestration to the program. Oh yeah, so, even just the every element you were doing. Oh yeah, everything was uh, produced that way. I wonder if anyone listening or watching right now who's never done been on the radio understands what we're talking. about. It doesn't matter. We're we're a bunch of nerds talking <laughs> yeah, about I know, music. But I, I, I love the passion for it. When's the first time you were on the radio? I was on the radio in nineteen. Why well, did an illegal radio station when I was a kid? When I was uh, maybe twelve or thirteen. Of course you did. How'd you how'd you how'd you set that up? Well, I got a my father actually helped me with that we drove down to Texarkana Texas and a t a radio station were getting rid of their transmitter at 89.9 and uh so I dragged it we dragged it in a car <laughs> I had four FM bays uh horizontal bay antennas and the transmitter and I put a tower in my backyard my father helped me and I put on an illegal radio station how, how many watts is how many it was watts? like 10 12 watts but it covered Milwaukee but nobody you cover the whole Milwaukee area oh yeah on and 10 nobody watts? nobody uh, complained back then because it was on FM. Oh, so FM because it was still AM days. Yeah, so you like this guy. Yeah, nobody so cared. FM didn't really pick up until the seventh. Oh God, no! And when I first met Joe Kelly, he was all dressed up in a suit and everything. Yeah. And I thought, oh God, he's from the FCC. I'm going to get busted. <laughs> <laughs> and I also had a radio station I inherited, sort of ninety uh, three QFM, uh, which was a ethnic station at the time. Mm-hmm. And how I got into the station was. Uh, uh, it was like an adult, you know, Henry Mancini and all that crap. And then on the weekends, standards, standards, and stuff well, like instrumentals. Yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. because it would be a subcarrier for all the Century Food stores in Milwaukee. So it'd be all that beautiful music. They had a radio. Yeah, that makes sense. Because back then you just you didn't but, even have compact disc. Or right, the subcarrier yeah. is what was a private channel that every radio station has. That used to be a private radio channel that you could then license for Muzak and stuff like yeah, that. It's the background stuff you hear to store elevator music, which doesn't exist anymore either. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, you know? it, that's nuts. That like. You, you think the guy who's, who's going to be the rest of your radio career is working from the FCC. You never got caught when you were doing the pirate Oh, radio. God, no. No? No. Never. What, no. Did, what did you put on it? Uh, I was all rock and roll. You just, and you played rock records? That you I wanted. was doing stuff with WOKY with Junior Achievement called Studio 68 in 1968. And uh, Bob Mc- uh, Jack McCoy taught me production, and he would sit there and he would do lines of cocaine, <laughs> and he'd have like all these cart machines, and he'd sit there and go tonight on the last contest, ding bam, and he would. It was it was that kind of top forty radio because it was a number one radio station, you know. And then they dragged me down here to see the Beatles because we were supposed to interview them. Uh, Bob Barry was the disc jockey, and I had a Nagra tape deck and a shotgun mic, and I was good, but we never did because we were backstage for the Beatles at the Coliseum or whatever it was here and this is Chicago Stadium or it was an indoor dump okay all right and it had no sound system and we were sort of backstage and there were all these curtains and all it was was screaming girls you couldn't hear anything and then the Beatles came off stage and they handed me a bunch of drumsticks and walked right past. And that's as close as we got to him. Didn't hear a damn thing. And Bob was pissed off because he was supposed to get an interview. Yeah, big, this is a big interview then. Yeah. And people cared about an interview like that. Back because then. it was Beatlemania, right? Yeah, yeah. Was that the first tour they did or like one of the first Yeah, that few? was the beginning. Yeah. They didn't tour that much. No, no. When but people I talk about how big the Beatles were, they didn't tour a whole lot. Yeah. Well, it was all the promotions they got. True. And back then, radio was just hyping them, you know, really well. Playing so, like crazy, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I mean, you you could still I think you could still launch a radio station right now and just play Beatles. Yeah. And like whenever a station flips, and like, all right, well, until we figure out the new format, we're gonna have a whole day of this or something. And Beatles, well, we used Beatles to do that. is like one of those like 
10, 20 bands people Right. Do. That's what we used to do for the radio stations when we took them over. Because we were some of the, Joe Kelly and I were the first to break the union. So it was the old union studio. So yeah. we set them up as a combo studio. You would do, when you would do the flips, for, I mean, you tell me about this before. I would, you would, I you would, would do the, the they, someone would buy a station. Right. They would flip the format. You guys would come in and just set up the station, give it to them, and then they would run. Well, we were consultants. So yeah. we literally. Like cons- yeah, like a consulting firm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'd go in the night before, get the whole staff drunk and partied up and find out all the dirt about the radio station <laughs> i remember one of the chief engineers was telling me if they ever wanted to get rid of me i would have this station off the air for six months because i just go in there and short out the transmitter oh really oh okay anyhow those were the days of joe kelly when does jbtv i th- i didn't know if i was interviewing you or you're interviewing me we're interviewing I, I, we're together we're right, doing when this did you start fun. you started jbtv when 80 uh, 1984 84 yeah and that's when music videos are blowing up. Then. Well, yeah, because MTV started, and uh, we were doing commercials, TV commercials. So I would get one-inch tape decks or two-inch quad videotape from all these different record companies with all these different videos. They were comp reels. And these were a way to like sell, they hey, want, play our song on the record. Here's what the band looks like. Well, know, yeah, the or, thing yeah. was, we're going to put your artist on our TV commercial. Oh, okay. So that meant a lot for the radio stations yeah. and for the artists because they would spend, they would do trades is what it was. All right. So like <clears throat> the, t- the TV station would trade to do spots on the radio and then they would, you know, so it was like a good thing. Especially back in the 70s, 80s, there was a ton of like TV radio spots like that, like crazy. Oh, they were everywhere. Yeah. We used to do stuff for The Loop and the loop. for the XRT. That cl- that cl- the classic Loop video loop video with the, the, the heavier heavier set guy dancing the brick wall. Well, that wasn't like one that. of ours, but we no, did those I mean, spots. I, I, yes. People think of those and like the big the hits of today. That was an outtake too, you know. That it, was, it was an outtake. And yeah. Then, and then they used that for like every rock station across the country. They would just take the Loop's logo out of it and put another Well, that's what we would do. Yeah. We, we were the main company that did that you know what were the what were the big spots that you guys ran like for rock stations you name it and and you were still doing the radio consulting thing yeah yeah that was joe kelly though he did all that i was the production guy you were the production guy so i'd be the one that would travel with him (laughs) thinking you know it ruined my marriage (laughs) because you know oh uh joe would call me on uh i'd say to you know my uh wife i go oh uh i got the weekend off this is great Mm -hmm. 10 minutes later joe would call oh yeah we got the pink floyd tour we're going to san francisco now and then you just go film stuff for Pink Floyd and stuff. Like well, that? we would be part of the tour. We would be there with the KFRC six ten KFRC mm-hmm. did stuff with them. Mm-hmm. So we were we were putting a production and stuff together for it. So we would go on tour, stay at the whole big hotel while the band is in a crappy place. Did you like that part of the business of like jumping? I, I didn't like traveling. I don't like traveling no. at all. It's every time I talk to you, you're like, I, if I'm gonna go somewhere, I'm gonna be shooting some. I don't want to go and just like, yeah, yeah. I gotta, you've seen it all. Yeah, you, you know. See, I mean, maybe for me, I haven't seen it all, or maybe because I. I was stuck inside for two years and it, I'm anxious and I, I get anxiety. Uh, and then also performing and doing stand up comedy stuff. Like, I want to get on the road. I want to go and see stuff. Like, but yeah, you were yeah. like, you're over it. You just, you've seen it all. Well, it was, it was just grueling. You know, what was the last great concert you saw? Like, when you were, like, before you well, got jaded to We it. always saw like 10 minutes of it. Oh, yeah, true. It's true. like we yeah. would be backstage, which sucks. Yeah. So you would never see anything. So we'd be at the Fillmore and stuff like that. And then, you know, we would do one or two things with, you know, Bill Graham or whatever. And then that was, <laughs> and then I'd be at the radio station doing production because mm-hmm. they would, I'd fly in, you know, we would, uh, I would set up and go, the station sounds bad. I'd tweak their, 
they're processing. Mm-hmm. So at the stations back then, it's our stations were like loud, mm-hmm. legally, you know, legally loud. Yeah, which Maybe. is nobody cares about anymore. Everybody sounds the same. Remember, you grew up in Chicago, yeah. right? Remember how WLS and Super CFL sounded different, big, without even knowing. Yes. They don't do that anymore. And they, you would hear the reverbs, you would hear the highs and the lows and the bass ends. Every station had their own sound. Yeah. And that was what made radio great. And we also used to speed up the music just a little. Just a little? Yeah. What, Very, difference, what difference would that make? Well, because when you'd hear the same song a little slower on a competitive radio station, it sounded dull. It sounded dull? All right, I can see that. Yeah, that's, a, that's such a little clever thing that I don't even know. I've been doing this half my adult life. I don't even. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Well, it was easy to do on the turntables. You could adjust the speed just a little bit. When did when you when the music videos come in and like everyone says that changes the game? Now it's, it's kind of obviously. There's, there, sorry, there's like people that obviously have to do that. Like uh-huh. now, how much does music videos change everything? Well, I don't think because I always wanted to do video. Whenever I did audio, I saw a video in my head. Because you were like wanting to make a TV commercial out of it or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Even when I was doing radio at the beginning, I always wanted to do TV. TV was my first love. Yeah, yeah. And radio was just an easier way to get to television. It was easy. I, it's the only way I could start in the business. True. You don't. I, you, you, it's not a visual. You don't. Have to be, you don't have to be attractive. <laughs> like you can tell. I, I'm not. I'm not the hottest man. I. I. I, I that's one thing I, I went with radio. I was like, I, I don't want to be hot. You know. <laughs> like, 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 I thought like, ah, but I don't like my teeth. I don't like this. Uh, uh-huh. I can hide it behind the microphone. <laughs> what do you mean here? I'm attractive. What are you talking about, listener? You know? But now it doesn't matter. And now if you're on the radio, everyone's going to see you anyway with social media and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there was there was that like era of like the conversion to music video, and there was this like weird like you have to be this or you have and they're always that they never went away like there's people now that are like just social media sensations more than they are but you still like to see when you're on yeah going through you want to see a video of the band i do and maybe maybe that's just the generation i grew up but now there's some people that are like well music does do music videos matter anymore and uh, there's a lyric video now you see bands doing that now where they'll put out a lyric which i think is fine i think you could if especially with YouTube or the way things are digitally, you could put out as many different versions of it you want. Mm-hmm. But then you hear bands are like, oh, I'm going to put out my album now because there's no physical media. Just There is. You can buy it if you want to be a collector. People still buy vinyl and, mm-hmm. and love it. But I mean, Kanye West did like eight different versions of his album before it came out. That's kind of like, no, what's the album? Like, mm-hmm. What is it when it comes out? And it's also a singles well, business. People too. don't listen to albums anymore. No, there's no, you know, there's, the, there's the bands, EPs and like nonlinear stuff. Yeah, the bands like have spent so much time making their album. Like, yeah. It flows together, and this song has to be here. They spend days, weeks, months thinking about the order. Mm-hmm. Then they keep changing it because they want the, the attention <laughs> span breaks down even further. Yeah. You know, and like now it's like, and, the, and now I find myself, even me doing radio, I'm so like, oh, there's some bands where I really only know them from the hits. Yeah. And I, and I feel weird saying that, but then there's other bands like, oh, no, I know the whole album or I love the whole thing about mm-hmm. them. And, and oh, I get caught up with it. And then I talked to my, uh, my nephew's a teenager. He's like, I just like these three songs by somebody, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, and I like them because they're in a commercial, or I like them because they're in a TikTok video, or they went viral. And then when that. they go to the concert, if they don't do those songs, because you know some bands don't like to do their older stuff, you know, it's always about got to be the new stuff, you know. Or now you have people that, especially through socials or a movie now, like um, Metallica, for example master of puppets okay so like it's in stranger things it's in this new very hip show oh i've seen it yeah which the new season's very very i think it's a good the upside show. down the world. upside down and there's some midwestern stuff i could turn very... us upside down if you want oh, <laughs> oh, 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 
<laughs> so like um, they they use Master of Puppets in it, and then it's on the charts again. Mm-hmm. And then we're playing it again at Rock Radio. Mind you, we're playing Metallica, but like Master is a very hard thrashier song, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like. Metal- Everyone says Metallica sold out. No, they certainly matured their sound. It became more produced, and they but they've obviously gone and done whatever they want. They're Metallica. They can they can make whatever album they well, want. I make. saw them at Lollapalooza, and I thought they were great, incredible. Yeah, you know, and, and they brought still their, their own video. If you notice, their, their video production that was incredible. And they had these wire cams, two wire cams, and I'm going because it was on Hulu, mm-hmm. so I'm watching it and going, "This is like the best TV production I've seen in years." And it was live, yes, so live cuts and everything. Like but that, yeah, it was their crew doing it, which is incredible. So they knew the music. So they invest so much into what they do. I'll say, people talk crap about Metallica and retrospect is in the Napster stuff and all they. But if you look at it, like there's so many bands that lost money on that. There's mm-hmm. so many bands that like. That no one will ever know that have come and gone last twenty years that didn't get to like really get their feet in or anything because no one's buying music the same way. It's mm-hmm. a subscription model. Metallica is one of those bands that made their money when people bought right, records, right? And I and they've lost a lot of money in putting on them. They had to put on music festivals. They made movies. They've lost money on some things. But then mm-hmm. you look at like what they put it back into the show. I will always admire that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like they they keep their production. Uh, larger than life so that if you've seen this band before you're going to see them bigger if it's the first time you've seen them it's going to be the biggest show you've ever seen mm-hmm. and and then and now you have like these kids that are like I'm goofing around about it on the radio recently I'm introing Master of Puppets like it's a new song yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm goofing and calling the band Metallica I heard about this band <laughs> called Metallica on the Stranger Things show and you're that, so educated and there so, <laughs> I, hey I know for you young kids do you know about this band called Metallica like and it was it's ridiculous to say it, but I mean, like, it's kind of fun mm-hmm. that when there's this big trend now, you see this too, where, where it's um, someone who's 15 or 16 reacts to something. Mm-hmm. Like, so and so, hip hop head, reacts to Rage Against the Machine for the first time. And that people, like, lose their mind, and it's people watching other. And I was like, oh, if this is me aging, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm okay with watching the joy of music <laughs> in people and stuff like that. Do you ever, do you get a kick out of it when you see, like, Someone discover something new for the first time. Oh yeah, every it, it, all the old is becoming new again. Yeah, and uh, all the music. There was a time back when radio only played. We're only this format. You can't play this because yeah. it's you know. Even it could be the right band, but if it's a little too heavy or too soft, no, we're not getting into it. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with the pop stuff now. But I mean, like like another thing is another Stranger Things thing, mm-hmm. right? Is Kate Bush running up the oh, hill, yeah. which was an alternative song when it came out. That yeah. was not a pop song, and that would that, you had that in the eighties, like when you're when you. Well, I interviewed her in New York. Yeah, and, and when uh, you interview her, she was an alternative artist. She wasn't, yeah, yeah. She wasn't, she, she wasn't considered like a. She pop didn't singer. get me though. She didn't get you. No, she was. We were at the. I was like a sellout. It sounded like <laughs> we recorded at the Sony Studios where MTV does okay, her stuff, yeah. and I had the MTV camera people. And they're doing all this crap with the cameras, and I'm like spending more time looking at what they're doing. I'm going, this is not what JBTV is. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, it's simple. Like, it, yeah. it was but that was the Red game. Shoes thing that she put out. That, what was it? What was that? The Red Shoes. She did a little short, couple of short films and mm-hmm. stuff, and so. Uh, but she was great, you know. But again, I I don't do normal interviews, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the way I've always tried to play my. TV thing, you know, because I'm not. The, I, I remember for I met Bill, uh, Phil Donahue at, at the Summerfest in Milwaukee, 
And uh, those were things. It's summer the beginning, fest, yeah. the early summer fest, back yeah. when it was down by the art museum there. Oh no, because they they used to have it on the shore forever, right? Or yeah, they've had it from the majority in the same of the area, but more toward the north there. Okay. And uh, the first and second year we were there, I had the radio station there, and I actually did twenty four hours. I was on for seven days live, twenty four hours doing a show. Oh. and I never even got like any publicity for it because i just did it you know <laughs> and uh then bob reitman who joined the radio station after he was the progressive rock at um what station was that uh w uh i was gonna say xrt but it's not xrt at chicago a uh, wzmf in menominee falls mm-hmm. and uh so i was like helping him with engineering and he was the old progressive rock guy oh so Dylan would end, and he'd fade it down, and then it'd be like three seconds of dead air. Then you'd hear the studio mic go, because he turns it up, and then he goes, uh, WZMF Menominee Falls with Bob Reitman. And I'm going, Bob, why don't you like turn your mic on during the record right at the end and sort of keep it tighter? Yeah, yeah. write and it out, man. He, he ended up being on uh, KTI, which was a top 40 station then. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love how the rock guys are always like a little bit more tech, a little bit more technical and a little bit more like, like on these things but then there's stuff that the pop people will do that we'll never understand and we just won't appreciate yeah. which is probably maybe that's a good thing though too but yeah but no Kate Bush is a big song too yeah, yeah. That, that, that song's big again like my, my niece knows that song and I was like how would you ever find this and now I think with the way people get introduced things through music and then there's people like who are listening to radio they're like oh this is neat mm-hmm. like like I, this is cool that i don't have to go and like have an algorithm there's someone there's a human element that's remember ken nordine no who, did, he did all those voice things you know like uh, uh all kinds of theatrical voice like he do like mind trips with audio and it, it was Chicago all, radio, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, was around that FMT or was, something was, like that, you know. Yeah, Doctor no, Demento is another. Oh, Doctor Demento is like a formative thing in my youth. Yeah, I remember that was a big deal. My dad would tape those, and we would get. I would get the cassettes of it because I couldn't stay up late enough to get it right. Uh-huh. And I remember like really, really loving that. But I remember he, Sunday nights was all about. Um, was Wild Chicago mm-hmm. on Channel Eleven? Which well, is Ben Hollis, I'm, I'm done. I, I Ben's a good friend of mine. Yeah. And of course you know Ben Hollis. Of course you <laughs> I want to do a show with him called Ben and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry and Ben, just to avoid the the, the No. You, you can get your names. You can get away with it, It's right? Ben Hollis and Jerry Bryant. Hey, there you go. Ben and names. Jerry. There you go. You can, now, you it'd be nice if Ben and Jerry would sponsor it because yeah. I love their chocolate chip this is great. cookie dough ice cream. Come on. Tonight, uh, American Cone Dream. Dude. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah. So between the two of us, there you go. There you know? you go. <laughs> but no, it was Wild Chicago and then Dr. Demento. And I mean, because... Dr. Mentor, the musical parody comedy show out of L.A., mm-hmm. was a big deal. and introduced everyone to Weird Al and, and everything like that. I remember that was a big deal. That was a big comedy thing, too. It was, yeah. Weekends were all about me. You remember there was this stuff. radio guy that did, he sounded like, uh, who was it? I'm trying to think. Um, like the Elliot Ness shows, The Untouchables, the voiceover guy that was on there. Oh. Elliot Ness and The Untouchables. and Oh, <coughs> broadcaster. Yeah, so what they would do is they would do things with today's hits. Mm-hmm. So I say, and so and so did this. Then you hear a little hook of a song to back it up. <laughs> none of that is happening anymore. No, none of it. I, and I, I, it's weird because with me, with what I'm doing now, I'm recording the tracks. And I can I can play a little bit, and I can use. Um, I enjoy the weird thing is like nostalgia is a big thing now, and radio understands it too. And it's smart. It's why you a song comes on the radio, it gives you emotion, and it tells a story, mm-hmm. and you connect yourself to the sentiment of it. Um, there's we're doing a, a '90s hour. 
and it's nineties uh, at nine. Nineties nooner. <laughs> oh, nineties right? so at nooner. <laughs> so instead of it just being like, oh yeah, we're gonna play nineties rock. My thing is, it's like it's the sentiment of where you are in those times. So I'm playing clips from movies. I'm playing clips from commercials. I'm making fun of them. I remember I found like every time I find the big thing is cringe now. Everything seems kind of cringy when you see like oh how old and dated it looks. But at the time, oh yeah, that's that's fine. That's the way yeah, it's supposed yeah. to look, right? Yeah. It, like, but uh, like everything was like a sexy thing in the nineties. You would sell sex cells right yeah and it was a taco bell commercial and there was this lady who was like singing over awful saxophone stuff and it's like the sensation of this burrito that cost 99 cents and that was like <laughs> oh my god that's so expensive like and you're just laughing at all these things and i'm watching i'm watching i'm like i'm just trying to find 90 stuff and i'm like uh, no this is the bit well we the, used to the, joke the, the bit is this the bit yeah. is this and yeah. I, I just rip it put it up cut it up and i have it on air and 30 minutes 20, yeah. 20 minutes you know less yeah. than that yeah, it's it's a crazy world we live in. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's weird that I'm making fun of commercials while modern-day commercials are, like, minutes away from playing. I know, but the modern-day commercials are dull. They're, they're you just, think so? Oh, I don't think they're any good, you know. There's some There's some that are clever, like uh, the radio ones or the, or the TV Well, the ones? radio, I think, are even awful, especially when they do the, the, the fast paced stuff at the end. You know? There's no way that sounds ever good. <laughs> no. Never. I'd rather I'd rather do a live read, you know. Yeah. And uh, another thing is like doing the people smaller market, smaller town, right? I guess maybe they have a longer attention span or something like that. I'm not saying they don't, I don't know, but Chicago. a lot of commercials don't even have production anymore. But now it's just when voice, I do when I know? do a commercial, I, I read for a concert or something like that coming up. And um, there's a band Paralandra, really really great band. They're coming into town and we're doing a show with them. And uh, and I get all the information. And I was like, all right, so how soon do you need this? I'm thinking of where I came from. I was thinking less than 30. They're, you want to go 40 or 50 seconds. I was like, 40 or 50 seconds to promote a concert like sounds astonishingly crazy to me because I think of how short the attention spans are. Well, but we they're also like, 60s. oh, you want me to just like listen to the band? How do you want to sell them? Go yeah. ahead and do it. Well, you take, the way I would do it is I would take three or four songs yeah. as little hooks and then I'd put little voice tracks in between. Yeah, and but know? I mean, like they're like, go ahead and say it how you want to do it. And in terms of me just being a DJ on air and a personality and a host, I was like, that's great. I get to like listen to bands, take what I like from it, and then share with the audience. And there's just this kind of refreshing back to basics. See, that's good. You're in a I'm market. Doing. You can do that. Yeah. That's, and I'm, uh, I'm, mind you, I'm like, uh, there's things they're like, no, we want more of this or less of that. And, I'm, I'm, and I like that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but also, like, G101, it was, we were already that for sure. Yeah. Especially in comparison to Chicago Radio, because alternative and rock radio, I think, maybe because it's mostly all that I did, right? I can say I'm in that <laughs> bubble, right? We didn't have this. There wasn't like this foolish sense that we didn't understand what was going on with. There was this meta sense of like we know we're the radio, we know we're right, playing songs right. you may think are repetitive. Especially at Q One Hundred, we were like a bunch of smartasses all the time. <laughs> you know, like I remember I was doing. Uh, there, there were some things like we would be funny and ridiculous and voices and stuff like that, and I would try it. And if, if no one told me to stop doing it, I would just keep doing it. Uh-huh. And it was weird because I was like, because well, you worked with Mancow, correct? Uh, I worked down the hall from Mancow. Down the hall, okay. From, from him, and I wasn't with Mancow at his time when he was mornings in Q101. Uh-huh. He was at the final days of the Loop. The company I was with owned the Loop. They were down uh-huh. the hall, and I was. I, I think I, um, I was an intern for Q101 in the mid 2000s when Mancow was still the morning show. But I was never like directly involved with him uh-huh. or anything like that. Which yeah. and he, that's a tornado to work for. No, I'm not talking crap about Mancow. Oh like, no, no, that's just a whole other. 
He, that's just that's just a whole shock other radio, which doesn't really exist anymore. Like no, that, but it was you know? a product of its time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was definitely a product of its time. And um, I always thought shock radio should be real if you're going to do it versus everything being fake. You know, true. Everything's sort of made up. There's enough real stuff that's cool, or at least it know? should be vetted in some form of real. Yeah, yeah. There's something I, I I can I can be a fan of playing up a real, especially being a DJ, like or being a comedian too, p- taking a real emotion and just turning the volume all the way up. Yeah. And this is me being a pro wrestling oh. fan. That's the fake part, right? Is now, taking something real and just maybe producing the, it or dialing it When did the pro up. wrestling start? Because I always thought of you being on the radio yeah. and doing comedy shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, pro wrestling. Uh, I work, I've been around it a long, long time. So I'm uh-huh. doing college radio in the mid-2000s. Podcasting is like new, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, but then you start to see everything get super subjective. And I thought wrestling was always, it's always been big. It's a huge cable. It's the, it's whatever anyone wants to say. It's a billion dollar business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the lifeblood of cable television, you know, yeah. WTBS, the Superstation, USA Network. They were built on wrestling. And, and the fans. And the fans. Know? It's a, it's a diehard audience that will always be there and watch it. Mm-hmm. And they're invested in it. Yeah. We met, we met Hulk Hogan yeah. and he's still, He's still down to earth, man. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when I was a little kid, I came up to the Hulkster and I said, you know, when I was a little kid and and, and the Sheik had you down and you broke that camel clutch, I was there with you. I was with you, arm in arm, hand in hand, all the way, brother. He was, he was, he was, he was, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot there, brother. It's a little holsters like you that I did it for. Push up the prayers and the vitamins. And then he patted me on the back and, and it hurt. <laughs> uh, so then I was doing a show with them and it was just friends of mine at the college radio station. We said like, this podcasting thing, like if we do a show about this first, we did it on the website just at first because they're like, we're not going to put you on air with that. Mm-hmm. And mind you, we put it on air and it became the biggest thing on the radio station. <laughs> on a small college radio station, WXAV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Pete. Uh, and so we did it and it got really popular and then we were there was a wrestling promotion called Ring of Honor which is started all these big careers for people and they were kind of like the triple A right Ring of Honor was like big and popular they would draw like 1500 people which is healthy but not like a WWE number Uh, but a lot of their guys went on to WWE Mm -hmm. so it was like college football basically and they would run about a mile and a half away from where St. Xavier University was and we were a 150 watt radio station where we had one, we had one sixty-second block an hour where we could run community involvement things, right. not a commercial. Yeah, yeah. But if you go to a co- bunch of college kids and you give college kids a stack of tickets for their show, mind you, papering, but they're still going to sell like fifteen hundred tickets or something like that. But if we help them do that, like, here are your tickets, here are the show. We come four times a year. Here you go. We're going to give you X amount of interviews, and then the next two years of our college career was. We got to interview uh-huh. all these wrestlers who go on to be like so that stadium was, headliners. So that was the thing with the radio. Like, yeah, there was a show called Rumble Radio, and we got it going as a podcast, and it built up. So you would talk to the wrestlers. Yeah, we would yeah. interview them, but we would cover it like sports talk radio. Uh-huh. No different than what you would hear on The Score or ESPN or anything mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And also, like we would, oh, we don't like this storyline or anything like that. It was very nerdy, but now that's like that's the whole internet. Now anyone can get on the camera and do that. And, yeah. and now I'm doing it with a company called Sports Kita, uh-huh. which is out of India, and it's a huge website. It's one of the biggest wrestling websites in the world, and they have this massive SEO team and all these different things and I shoot wrestling videos at my place and I go to this year I went to uh, four WWE interviewing their talent I got to go to the Royal Rumble WrestleMania Mm -hmm. SummerSlam and interview people at my house and then uh, in Chicago the top independent promotion 
um, called AAW, runs Logan Square Auditorium. It's almost like now I'm, a, I'm like a host. I'm on camera for them and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So, and I help produce the show a little bit too and uh-huh. stuff like that too. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's fun. It's weird. It's like I'm doing all these things I wanted to do in college. And then I like anytime I get mad about it or uh, I'm like, no, my jobs are sitting in my house talking about rock records watching wrestling <laughs> and talking about wrestling and then I'm paying my rent with it and then there's the days I'm like oh man I'm worried about this or that or I'm not where I want to be and then I have to keep poking myself and be like Kevin when you're mad about that afterwards you're going to go tell jokes at night mm-hmm. so I have to keep telling myself that like every day I get, if I get mad about something like even if I have to go get a normal job, I'm not going to like it as no, much as not like at this. All. Uh-uh. I'm not going to. Is there ever been a point where you're like, oh, I got to go get, I have to not do the TV thing or the radio thing? Well, I don't know. I've never that? made money at JBTV. So but you I mean, it's always out, been your passion, yeah. though. You know, well, like, yeah. That's the only thing you should do. I think that's the only reason I've recovered from stage four colon and lung cancer. Because you had be- passions in life. Yeah. yeah. I would go from chemotherapy to the studio, either doing a comedy show with mm-hmm. you or yeah. having a band come by or something. And, and I would always be running and doing stuff, you know. It, uh... And that was amazing. We were in the thick of it because we uh, bring up some things, context for people. Uh, Q101, K- KQX, we, we would tape bands with you guys at the mm-hmm. old studio. And I would come in and do uh, like the warm-ups and different things for that. And I remember like, you were going through some of the cancer treatment. People were like, how is he doing this? Because you were like, still like running around and filming everything. Yeah, I never gave up. And... It, but it didn't. If, if someone didn't know you had cancer, they would just know, like, oh, he seems like he's a little oh, off. People... But, but you were still like 100% involved in everything. Yeah, yeah. And people would make fun of it like, yeah, you got cancer. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, they I do. It. They didn't believe it. <laughs> they gave me 30 to 60 days to live. I can't believe I'm still here. You know? <laughs> oh, you gave me 30 to 60 You're like old Catskills comedian. <laughs> but I can tell you, I have a lot of jokes about uh, cancer, sure. you know, that you get. And I always kept a sense of humor, too. Yeah, you, you know? have to. Yeah, and if you don't stay positive at whatever you're doing, why do it? Life's well, I mean, too you short. Can, you can talk about the darkness of everything I see that with comedy but you have to be able to joke about mm-hmm. it you, so are there going to be any comics that are wrestlers at the same time well, like that are truly like funny guys and stuff well like that, that would be like part of the wrestling routine yeah they, they have a routine in the ring and stuff but it like would that. be funny stuff there's a lot of guys who can do that now on what, what you call the independent circuit the uh-huh. world that I'm in with AAW um, where we're we're we have some real awesome athletes that are doing incredible things mm-hmm. But then you have a guy who comes in with a goofy gimmick or a character and a theme song that people like, and that guy sells a bunch of t-shirts at the show, and it's still a punk rock thing. So yeah, you still, yeah. some of those guys tend to be uh, like a fun, attractive act and dif- different stuff like that, too. And mm-hmm. uh, there's plenty of guys I know that now have gone on to major television. There's a guy named, I don't know him well, I've worked a show with him, a guy named Orange Cassie's with All Elite Wrestling, which is on TNT, major big-time company, number mm-hmm. two company in the world. And his gimmick is he just doesn't care. Yeah. Like he just comes in, he wears sunglasses and he'll like punch you a little bit. And mind you, he'll get into the match and he'll really start going and wrestling with people. But like he comes off like Paul Rudd's character in What Hot American Summer, where he's uh-huh. like supposed to like clean that up. And he likes, oh, do I have to? Fine. You know? And, and do I have so, to tell another joke? Yeah, what is this crap? Right. But he, he like doesn't even say anything. He has sunglasses on. So if he gets fired up, he throws the sunglasses at you. And wow. it's so. It's it sounds so ridiculous, but it's so simply done, and that's one thing I like about wrestling too. And like comedy is the reaction you get. You if you're getting a reaction, you know it, you feel it. You're, mm-hmm. the, the people are your orchestra, mm-hmm. and you play them as reaction. That's it's really really fun to see. Wow, really really fun to see. Wow. 
Talk about your comedy routine. Oh, sure. What, what are you doing sure. with comedy? So I'm doing this new show that's not newer, but it's it's tied to roast battling. You ever seen roast battling before? Mm-hmm. There was a roast battle show on uh, Comedy Central a few years ago. Jeff Ross was okay, where they it. would roast the different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it would be comedians competing, and they would go joke for joke. Oh, okay. And then and then a panel of judges would pick who wins. Are these ad lib jokes or? Uh, no, you're writing for it. Oh, okay. But you're writing for the person. So it'd be like you and I going back and forth. Mm-hmm. It started at the comedy store as a live show and evolved into something that ran for about four seasons on Comedy Central. And I know they did a division of it over in the UK as well. Um, but it's still, even though it's not on TV, it's very much a viral video sensation mm-hmm. thing now. And I got connected with two great comedians, Matt Bamwart and Chris Greco at the Lincoln Lodge, independent comedy club, great. Um, venue and they're open to doing different things and this was something that was out of the box and they started doing a show called Sticks and Stones and now it's Roast Battle Chicago. It is in the league uh-huh. with the Roast Battle in LA and the uh-huh. Roast Battle in New York City and in uh, London and we're in a global league and we have our own champions and everything and I've been involved with them for a couple months and it's mm-hmm. like we put up a clip and uh, 1.3 million people see it or 40,000 wow. people watch it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a take on who won and like all these different things. And it's very, very fun doing comedy for a couple of years. And you think you're just going to wallow in obscurity. You're just going to do it. It's going to be fun. You're doing mm-hmm. it because you love it. But is anyone going to see this stuff? And even if they don't see me, I want them to see the show I'm helping to produce. Or right, build right, up. right. Like when, when we were working on something as well. Yeah. So, um, we're doing it, and, and we're like, wow. So then um, Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General, he's roasted Donald Trump and Bruce Willis and all those big Comedy Central roasts, and he's one of like the top probably 100 comedians of all time. If you want to have a list, he's on that list. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm like, hey, he's coming to town. Can we get an interview with him? Because we're launching a, like, a companion podcast mm-hmm. with it as well. You guys can get the podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Search for us on YouTube. You want to watch stuff on YouTube, search Roast Battle Chicago. So we have full battles up and everything like that. So we're kind of like the league people in LA are like impressed by like the numbers we're doing and everything. Like We go to them and we're like, hey, can we get an interview with him? We know he's going to be playing the improv in Schaumburg. We mm-hmm. have a show on this date. We know he's going to be in town for a show that night. We're not, we know we can't get him to come and do our show, but it'd be great if we could go and do an interview with him and you know, show him some of our clips and he like roasts our guys and stuff. The word we get back is, no, he'll do the show. Uh-huh. He'll come and do your show. Oh, cool. So he came and he judged and he was on panel. Uh, but part of it is he's in town doing his own show. So you can't advertise it. It's the uh-huh. walk-in, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So word gets out that uh, some people start to know. And <laughs> and then um, I guess Jeff says it himself on stage at his show in Schaumburg at the Improv. We're in Chicago on Milwaukee Avenue. And we push our show back by two hours, and we're normally at eight. So everyone's like, "Why is your show later?" And they're like, "Is something going on?" And I was kind of like, "People are asking me." And then eventually, the day of the show, we have everyone like an hour back before the show back. He's like, "Listen, guys, Jeff Ross is going to be on the show," and they're because <laughs> they're just like competing with each other already. They're writing jokes that you're really only going to tell probably once. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to like develop your act, but like it's almost like you're writing a monologue, mm. like a, like a late night monologue. You're you're going to compete and diss somebody. So, um, and I, I I've 
hosted the show and produced the show, but I've never battled on it. Mm-hmm. And I never, I, I'm not really in the position. This show, like, no, we need you to battle on the show. But we didn't, I didn't know Jeff Ross was going to be on the show at that point. And then we get Jeff Ross, and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm going to have to battle in front of Jeff Ross. <laughs> uh, so that clip will be out at some point, hopefully by the time we see this, but you'll be able to see it on. Um, on uh, YouTube, uh-huh. and and uh, maybe 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 we get maybe we get some stuff on television and stuff like that too. But full battles are up on YouTube. Really, really funny stuff. Very, very fun. It has this like Fight Club feel to it. That's mm-hmm. like really, really cool. We're gonna be at the Comedy Bar in Dubuque uh, in uh, for a weekend in January coming up. And if you're a social person, you're on Facebook. Instagram. So you tape those shows? Yeah, we tape the whole shows. Uh-huh. And I mean, simple production, but I mean like. The clips are huge. Like mm-hmm. the clips do really, really well. Like thousands and thousands of viewers wow. on each one. It's not massive, but it's like there's a couple that have like a million. You uh-huh. know, and like like a TikTok that has like 1.3 million or a couple that have like a hundred thousand. Like oh wow, you know. Yeah. And we film some stuff now. We're like we know that's gonna go viral. And there's some now. The weird thing is people will only watch the 20 second like Instagram reel oh. or something like that, and they'll be like this person won. But over on YouTube, we can put up the whole thing. Uh-huh. And. No, the person you in the comment you said that one was like, go watch the whole thing. So if you want to watch comedians insult each other competitively, check out Roast Battle Chicago. You don't have to be from Chicago. It isn't super Chicago-centric. There's some Chicago references uh-huh. in there. Um, but it's very much a super competitive show. I think it's one of the coolest things I've done with comedy. It's so fun because also everyone thinks these people really don't like each other. No, that's that's the joy. You yeah, roast yeah, the people yeah. you love and... I really, really love it. I was, it's so much fun to produce it, and the, the reactions are visceral. Uh-huh. It's visceral, <laughs> uh, and it's it's re, it's red meat comedy, man. Uh-huh. It's, it's really, really good. Wow! Yeah. Uh, of all the comedy shows we did, did anybody uh, become famous? Sure. So you and I in 2015 filmed a show called Four Star Standups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are trying to find a way to repurpose that footage. Mm-hmm. I know. I uh, got the footage. I licensed it to. Uh, I digitized all that stuff. And yeah. I don't know what ever happened with any of it. It's such a well, there's plenty you of people know. that got great careers out of it. Uh-huh. Chris Red did the show, and then he just wrapped up a five-year run on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, that was super successful for him. Uh, and a very, very sweet guy. I remember he was ju- – I think we were all thinking he was going to get SNL at the time. Uh-huh. And so when we shot it, I was like, I don't think he's going to say yes, but I'll ask him. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, you guys are trying to get a TV show in Chicago. Let me try it. it it'll help you guys. And it was he definitely understood it was more beneficial to us for mm-hmm. him to do that. Um, Josh Johnson did the show, and Josh had a really, really great set and was already touring comedian at the time. He went on to write for The Tonight Show. I think he just did a Netflix special. Uh-huh. So he blew up. He blew up super, super huge. Uh, Rena Calm did the show, and she's very successful in touring now and going around the country and makes her living at comedy. Uh, and uh, the weird thing is you would have some people that reach out to me like, is there any way you can get the clips down or just like privatize them? Because... I lost weight, or I don't do that material anymore. <laughs> it's, it's weird because like, they're like, I really pre- I feel bad asking you to get it out. Because it was like, all right, a lot of years have come, but I was like, if we're going to put the footage out, we're going to go to you. We're going to ask you what you want us uh-huh. to do. And like, re- So there's some people we're talking to about potentially doing that stuff with. But a lo- there's plenty of, there's a couple of comics. Jeff Sheen, who did the show, just did uh, The Late Late Show on CBS. Wow. And, and super successful. Laura Bites did the show. And Lara was blown up at the time, and Lara did. Um, she's gonna headline Zanies. Mm-hmm. She just did Joe Rogan experience. She did uh, Comedy Central, and so it's kind of crazy, you know. Like they, because the idea of the show was like, there's so many really really funny people in Chicago, mm-hmm. and we don't have the industry. 
the industry isn't here. You would see this with bands too. It's like, well, you got to go to LA or New York to break your band. Yeah. You really. And I always thought that was so stupid. And it's so like you're cutting off the, the whole center of the country because you say, well, you have to come to us. Yeah. yeah. It's so that holy that chip on our shoulder that people have from Chicago and that ball busting while also being polite is something I never want to let go of. Mm-hmm. Like if I move to another part, I never want to not feel like I'm a person from Chicago. And that's kind of the element of the show that I thought we could hopefully syndicate and get on television and, and show to a bigger audience. And there was also like great showcase comedy shows like premium blend in the 90s where you weren't getting like one comedian the hbo a new comedian special they would do every year Mm -hmm. and it would be like a showcase i wanted the great show you would see at a club like zany's or laugh factory reproduced for television Mm -hmm. that's that's well that's the way i like to set up the studio when i did that yeah and those were so much fun to do and I, i i've obviously got away from us and things happen whatever but i mean i remember that was i was so happy that we just got to do it I was so grateful that you get like you gave me that opportunity. It was so much fun, and I'm I'm a pretty good comedian. Well, I think you know, I'm a I'm a better comedian now. Yeah, well, yeah. hopefully I am. <laughs> uh, and I'm I, there's probably some stuff that I shot then that I would because I had hair then too. That was yeah, yeah. I had hair. <laughs> I had hair. I was probably like twenty. You look good lighter. this way though. I know. I look. I feel so much better. Yeah, yeah. Buzzing my hair. I think by the end of it, I buzzed my hair. We yeah. shot eleven episodes and we had eight cameras. And I had the one bald spot, <laughs> and so I would move around. And I remember coming back into the main uh, mixing, and I remember you would mix it live. You would, you would do the whole cut. Like uh-huh. while we were doing it, but I would catch myself, and we have like multiple cameras right now. No, I edited and, those shows. Yeah, I know, but yeah, when, yeah. when we were, at, I would see my bald spot. I remember, like after we shot like eight of them, and I, remember, I was like, oh, I'm gonna buzz the hair. Uh-huh. And I, remember I went to our producer at the time, Thomas. I was like, so can I cut my hair? He's like, only for the last one. Oh. Don't 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 do it too. <laughs> don't do it too soon. Like try and keep it for most of these. You yeah, can do it for yeah. the last one. I remember, I remember him telling me that. Yeah, and I remember Chris was there helping us through all that. Oh God yeah. bless Chris, man. Yeah. God bless Chris. And and there was a lot of people who contributed their time. And like, it was kind of like people were volunteering their time to shoot like a really well produced TV show. And all the comics did that too. They're mm-hmm. like, we're going to give, I'm going to give you my core material and see what you do with it. Well, this. they seem to appreciate and, but it. But also, like, you know? people use the footage to go and get themselves booked. And mm-hmm. like, there's people that got and made money from that and, and got themselves down the road and got gas in the tank and mm-hmm. got to the next town. And and uh, you may be thinking yourself, oh, these aren't huge comedians. But no, these are now. There's many people who are working comedians, mm-hmm. and this is how's uh, Farty Marty doing? Farty Marty uh, is <laughs> doing uh, your Martin Morrow. Uh, Mar- Martin's doing some commercials. I think mean, uh-huh. he's, he's done. He's been in a handful of commercials. Of Farty Marty was pretty ridiculous <laughs> as well. And there's a lot of those people I still do sh- comedy shows with now. Uh-huh. Michael Keefe is uh, d- uh, running Best Night Ever at Lincoln Lodge. He's one of my best friends, and. We'll, we'll bring it up uh, from time to time and mm-hmm. talk about it. And there's a lot of people. Uh, Dave Phillips is. There's some people who don't even do who do a lot less comedy, and like they'll tell me like, I, if I don't do comedy, I still did that. Uh-huh. Even if we, we, even though we still shot it, it was still really cool because it was like we're shooting clips now on our phones. And, and mind you, 2015, you could do that, but you still wanted, um, you still wanted something to come with a camera and shoot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was one thing. It's one thing to shoot something on your phone, right? Anybody can do that now. It's another thing to be in like eight cameras in HD. Well, I love that. We're on, we yeah. were on the same stage at like Panic at the Disco and like Foster the People and like mm-hmm. all these BTS like like performed. And I was like, what are we like the whole time? I'm like, what are we doing here? Oh, like, I they're, love they're, doing it. I love the yeah. putting putting it all together and doing those shows. But, but you know? we, were you already the material? It wasn't like the comics weren't ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And so like so when we shot it, it just felt even though we were doing it for like eighty people in a sound stage, mm-hmm. it felt like we were 
like it it was perfect well, I, remember, it looked, I, remember, I, remember, I made yeah. it look like a club i didn't want it to look like a uh studio a tv yeah. studio because tv studios are very bland you know yeah they may have the set but then around the at when you look at it it's like mm-hmm. we're in a tv studio you no know? and we, we wanted it to have a little bit of the club vibe too though too. yeah yeah you know and and you got people a little bit liquored up not too oh, liquored course. up yeah yeah uh and we didn't want them too liquored up you know because it's still like 80 people and someone's if their laugh is out of key with everything <laughs> we gotta like yank somebody and be like we're gonna put you in this room and have you watch on a tv camera you know? uh-huh. but I, I remember like uh after a while we we're like oh this may not get on tv but i was like if the coolest thing i ever did was like film a tv show that didn't get out i still filmed a tv show i did it yeah, you know yeah uh and so there is that bitter bittersweet feeling about it but i i do appreciate it i and i, I was so grateful to you and everybody that contributed to it yeah i never i never want to feel like i took it for granted no i, I also i never saw my footage from it i i only cared about making sure we produced the yeah, show for other people that just made a lot of noise i just i'm mic. sorry I'm, I'm i'm emphatic i talk that, with my hands. that's a comedy routine i get it you're just no. trying to be funny no but I, i'm just uh, i talk with my hands a lot i'm, I'm probably like covering my hand too much with a camera <laughs> that's okay uh but no i am um, i i was always like uh i it wasn't about me i told people like mm-hmm. everyone's gonna get their clip from this if we don't get this out you're all gonna get like eight hd quality camera footage mm-hmm. it's gonna make you look way big it's gonna well, look like feel- a national tv yes. show yeah you're gonna look like you're supposed to be on tv and that's the whole idea yeah and uh and, every- and someone asked me did you ever see your footage i was like no i kind of at this point don't want to until everything else gets out or it gets a bigger version or it gets another life and mm-hmm. we're working on something with it yeah uh so hopefully and, and the the new idea we have with it is pretty cool and hopefully we can shoot more, more stuff in the mm-hmm. future well whatever i can help with on it you know I'm you here, know you know yeah i know i know and i i love that that spark that comes up in your eye. Ooh, new idea. I like doing production. I'm a production guy, you know. I mean, look, I'm doing an interview with five cameras just for you. <laughs> Too many. You get, you get that. You get that weird uh, clip, right? Well, right I got here. a camera just doing the ball there. You, you have, you have a camera, really? Oh no! In the fact, the the whole that's the whole it. time you have the the worst part of my head. That's a ballpark. That, ball that's that's going to be the whole thing because that's the only camera that recorded. <laughs> <laughs> you just get this awful manic bald. Look, it looks like a pack of uh, uncooked hot dogs in the back of my head. Uh, but it's no. sort of funny because when I went through chemotherapy, I thought I'd lose my hair, but I you didn't. didn't. No. How did you not lose your hair? I was did, on, did it thin a bit. I was on an ex, uh, experimental chemo. Okay. And uh, they said you're go- you don't have much time, so. We're going to put you on this experimental stuff. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And uh, But I didn't lose any hair because of it. You didn't lose any hair? Any hair. I'm losing thin. more now than I did back then. Well, that's time, Jerry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, you've hold on to yours a lot longer than mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. You, you've always had the long hair? Yeah, yeah. You, you, never, you never wore it short? No. Ever? No. It's never. too much work. To, once you start cutting hair... Mm-hmm. It's a pain in the ass. That's why you probably like this. I have to buzz at least once a week. Yeah, Yeah, but the point is, it's not you have to take care of it every day, you know, when you got long hair, you know. And it it gets weird and it gets frizzy and all this stuff, but I don't know, you know, I just, you know, do my thing. So, see, you should make a comedy record with hooks of songs. Hooks of songs? Yeah. So you could say. There's a routine I have that I did that we didn't get to film because this is all based on things that happened to me after we filmed the TV show. Uh huh. Um, I'll say it because this will be out. Whatever. Uh, I had a breakup happen while I was getting while I'm on the radio. Basically, wait. You got really? Yeah. And so that's happening. I do a routine about it. I can't. I can't give it away because I'm giving away the routine. But there's songs in the bit that are like 
like oh the worst day of your life and you're having and then a song comes on and it's the perfect soundtrack <laughs> and then you still have to you still have to get on air and like read a commercial and like you you gotta hold it together you can't don't know what you know like and so um like that emotion uh, while you're broadcasting because you, be you have to put on this front right while yeah, you're yeah. broadcasting yeah yeah and then you're having in, internally you're you're collapsed hey it's a wonderful day in Chicago and you're looking at your phone. Oh, what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's 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 exact. It start I will be honest, it started uh while I'm in the studio with Q101 and and like the I know where the conversation's going, but I still am on air while it's happening. Uh-huh. You know, so to me it, it happened while I was on air. Well, that's the best break. I don't feel like I'm off air. I don't feel like I'm off air until I, I until I get out of the studio and I just start listening to something else on my phone uh-huh. or I start listening to a different station. Right, right, right. I don't feel off air until then. Because I still feel like you're on. Uh-huh. That adrenaline of radio is different like that. And I remember yeah. thinking like, oh, man. Ah, oh, damn. Like, this is – how am I going to – like, is, it was one of the most surreal. And then and the thing is I had to keep going back to work. Mm-hmm. So now you're going back to the, the point. Like, it's, ah, you know, I'm dwelling. Uh, but then it, it became a great bit. It's one of my favorite comedy things I've ever uh-huh. done. The person I, I had that relationship with, um, I don't know if they're aware of that. Uh, so that'll be an interesting conversation, uh, but I think they'll I think they'll be able to laugh about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I mean, eventually you grow out of things. Well, there are many songs about you know yes. breakups and and getting together, yeah. and, and uh, yeah. a lot of times bands will do a song, but they never say who the girl or guy is or whatever. Yeah. You know? uh, well, the the thing is, there's there's people in my life that know who this is, oh, okay. but also I don't think the, to be to be fair to her. She, I don't think she knew where I was when when we were communicating with uh-huh. him. So I don't, I don't hold that circumstance against her. Anything Bitch, like people break up. Oh, yes, I mean, come on. Come uh, on. She knew you were on she the radio. Knew I was on. Uh, no, but I mean, with voice tracking though, you're taping ahead. You know, so maybe she didn't know I was in the studio at the time. No, it so. should have been a live show. Yeah, it, should, it could have been live. It could have been live. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no. But there's that fun. But when you're in the studio, you're in the studio. You're like, this is it. Like I knew, like once I was all, all right, we're we're talking. You uh-huh. know? Uh, but no, that's one of my favorite bits of comedy and and i really really enjoy it and hopefully so if you can make it into little short things and make it into a three minute thing with maybe 10 little hooks of songs yeah that so you can say i'm thinking when i do this the special you film your hour of comedy like do i want to do it with the music in there but then when i put the show out am i going to be able to use that music am i going to have the rights to that music well that's the big problem but i mean like if hey if i got to if you get to sell it to like a big streaming service, like, can you give me the rights to this mm-hmm. or go to a band and be like, but you if know. you only use 10, 15 seconds of it, sure. Maybe sure. that's easier. But yeah. also, it's, it's also weird that I don't want to like, Hey, I'm sorry. Your song's a punchline in this joke, but it's also, you're an emotional punchline. You're yeah. like an honest punchline, <laughs> you know, um, where else are you going to get your song played? <laughs> 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 that's a new thing. Now, everybody, Get your uh, get a joke written about your song. It's gonna be the new uh, Bill Burr Netflix special. There you go. That's what you gotta do, kids. You, yeah. you gotta have a hit record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, this has been fun. I this think this has uh, been so fun, Jerry. You've been a very, very great part of my career. Well, I'm, and I'm very, I'm indebted for a lot of great experiences to you and a lot of other comedians who worked on this project that we're referencing that we filmed some of it you may see on the internet uh, and maybe see on television hopefully in the future at some point uh, but it, there's a lot of people who benefited from that and I, I benefited in radio from it too mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I was doing this stuff with you before I got Q101 I was away from Q101 for a little bit I had an off air role right? and then I wasn't getting on air and I, and I left the station and then we did the comedy project uh-huh. and then a month later a month or two later it was like hey do you actually want to come back and be a DJ here mm-hmm. and I remember a, a very well, a very big part of that was 
I was doing a TV show with you. Right. And, uh, and they, I don't think that would have happened without, I, I don't think I would have gotten Q101 on air. Mm-hmm. I worked there, but I don't think I would have been promoted to be up on air if I didn't do that with you. Yeah, because they saw that they, they came down. Oh wow, he's moving. Yeah. He's 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 doing it. Yeah. And and it, that endorsement and that that like umph mm-hmm. when it seemed like I was out of radio or at least I was going to be out of radio or mm-hmm. be out of media. So you watched JBTV yeah. early on. Well, I was a little kid. Yeah. 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 I remember watching on WJYS. Right. I remember you did a thing where you would throw email me your pictures. Yes. Yes. And you would put the pictures up during the credits. Yes. And I had a college radio show, and I, I sent you the logo, the cartoon logo I wrote for my college radio show. Which oh, is, really? But he was creative, right? You make your own thing. You're your own I brand. I have a lot you, of that. Yeah. Uh, and you here. and you I remember I like rolled, and I thought it was the coolest. It was the coolest thing we, to see my picture, the something I drew, I loved, sent to someone. I loved television. all that artwork that they did. Yeah, and people know? would send in like their artwork and stuff like that, and you would just put it up, and it would fly. I mind you, it would fly by, mm-hmm. but it was just it was local and fun and different and irreverent, and and this isn't making fun of anyone who's corporate media or corporate stuff. It was violently not corporate television. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it struck me as like very like much like this is music for creative people. Mm-hmm. This is counterculture. And then for me to be on the biggest counterculture radio station, Q101 is that. Yeah. And you gave me that shot. And now I think I have a really great career and you really set those things up for me in a, in a big way. And I'm always indebted to you for that. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm so proud of you as as a comedian, yeah. as an artist, and being on radio and uh, yeah. doing stuff. I want to do more stuff with you. Sure, so. be fun, man. Yeah, get well, on the road. I guess I know. I know you don't want to leave the studio. I'll leave the studio for you. I, you know, I want to build another studio. Yeah, and we could do a comedy show then sure. out of the studio yeah. and have rock bands come in. Be fun, man. And do all kinds of cool stuff. Fun, you know? And there's a bunch of good clubs and stuff we can film in town for sure, man. Yeah, Let's hit it. Let's yeah. Hit it. What Definitely. what are some of the clubs here in town? Uh, Lincoln Lodge is great. Uh, Lincoln Lodge is independently owned, mm-hmm. so there's no, like, not to say that like, the other places aren't independently. Do owned. Do they tape anything now? They or? do. Like we, the, the roast battle shows, we film all of it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how we, do they film? Do they have multiple we, cameras? We, we, or? Two cam. We're doing two cameras. We have a tournament coming up. We're going to film a whole B-roll documentary about that, and then maybe try and pitch that as a series. Mm-hmm. And but then the clips are a big thing for us, though. Our social media presence is huge. We uh, we do, they have a podcast studio there too, and we've been taping a podcast there. Roast Battle Chicago. We search for it's on Spotify and all these different things. It's on our YouTube channel too, so we have a video version uh-huh. of it. And that's people telling stories about, oh, when I wrote this joke, it did this, this, this. Uh-huh. I know this made them that mad, and like, and that's that's really fun. The, uh-huh. the comedians in a car driving and making fun of each other is that never gets old. <laughs> a road and, trip, yes. And um, so we have that, and uh, we're working on some things. But Lincoln Lodge is great. Zanies has a full digital setup right now mm-hmm. to shoot. The great James Webb. James Webb is a great, great comedy producer. He just filmed um, Sam Morell's special, which is on Netflix. Oh, really? And he shot it at the Den Theater in Wicker Park. Beautiful space. Mm -hmm. And shot it all with local people, all on 4K. Did it all himself. Cut it all himself. And it's on Netflix. And it's just crazy. Wow. And like, I see the crest. It's like, I've had... I've drank at a bar with that person at 3 a.m. I've drank at a bar with that person at 3 a.m. And they're eating, like, they have a Malort. You know, we know Malort in Chicago, right? It's an awful prank of a drink, and they they give somebody their first Malort Lauren shot. Lauren O'Neill loves it. Yeah, oh, it's a prank in a bottle. It's the worst liquor ever. I, you drink it, and you make the ugliest face, right? Uh, it's and the it's licorice like, tasting It's a stuff, Chicago, right? like, rock prank. Someone yeah. comes to town, their band plays here for the first time. You give them Malort. Comedians, we do this. Oh, you never, oh, you have to have Malort. Uh-huh. You have to have this it. This is Lauren. She was, I was just here yesterday telling yeah. me 
this. Yes. You got to get Malort, and uh, <laughs> I can mix you up this. And I go, well, I don't drink. Yeah, so, no, you know. you, yeah, you don't drink. No, I I smoke pot. Yeah, you you just you just always been pot. Right? You smoke pot, right? Uh, no, I'm for, I'll do I'll do an edible now and then, but I'm mainly just CBD. Oh, I really? don't like I don't like the smoke part. The smoke part always made me coffee. I don't like that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I've never been like I don't like that. I have to all. roll my own joints and do all that. You no, know? I, I, I got them all. I got them all here ready to oh. go. No, and the thing is, uh, the the <laughs> my wonderful partner, my my my, my wonderful girlfriend, she's in uh, works in the dispensary business. Uh-huh. And stuff. Oh, really? And she's like, "Oh, you sure you don't want?" I was like, "No, I just don't. Yeah. I, I like a good drink or two that brings me down, and CBD helps me fall asleep, and that that's well, it I think me. you got to do what you got to do, yeah. and you know your limits, and yeah. that's the thing with either liquor or smoking or mm-hmm. partying, yeah. or having sex all the time or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> So hard. It's a 24-hour sexual revolution. Yes, yes. Wear it down to a nub. <laughs> all sex, all the time. <laughs> there, it sells. It sells. We're back in the 90s. You're on Sexy Radio 101. Sexy Radio. Yeah. After Dark. All these songs are suggestive. Yes. Yeah, all, yes. all, yeah, all that stuff. All this is like the artwork stuff, right? Yes, this is yeah, actual. Dude. Look at this. Zer- it would Z. be funny if your artwork would show up oh, here. Oh, no. I don't know if it'll show up, but that was so crazy, though, because it, it, was, it wasn't something that had anything a lot, of, a lot of stuff you'd show would be like band artwork and uh-huh. then mentioning JBTV but in it. Look how beautiful that is. That's, That's really cool. These man. are actual fans that, that I scanned all this stuff during the pandemic. So I've got hours of this. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I got. Would people mail this to you? Yes. Or were they, uh, we used to get in the old I days. I e- emailed you. I remember I emailed you the thing I drew and oh, I sent okay. it to you. Well, I, whatever. That's how I, you know. Yeah. It would be really funny, though, if it would show up. <laughs> It'd be crazy if it did. It would be a comedy bit in the making. <laughs> oh, man. I just lo- I love the spirit of everything you do. And like, and like how it's just like you keep going. Yeah. You just, yeah. It, it doesn't have to be the biggest thing. Well, I world. lost everything. I mean, you know, yeah. they, they took our studio away and the mm-hmm. whole thing. They auctioned off all my memorabilia. This is the... This is, you know, not even a... What, 18? Is it 18? 2018? 19. Right before the pandemic. Right after Chris Vicente passed away, we did a concert. Metro. Uh, I went to that. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was for my... my, uh, Yeah. Yeah. When you were in the cancer benefit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was was like bringing back the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and then and every Pete, twenty minutes was like everyone from every cool Chicago band. Yeah, um, were some people from Smoking Popes there? I think yeah, some yeah, were, yeah. I mean, all the you know, Naked Raygun. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, Andrew WK. Yeah, and it was insane. Kill Hannah. It was nuts. I, it man. felt like the nineties. I was so you know, and I was getting surgery the next day. It was really weird, you know. And then we went out to the rock and roll, <laughs> and I start. I actually did drink a little. <laughs> A little, and, a little, uh, a little. Well, I like sevens and sevens. I'll no, drink yeah, those, but you, you know. You, yeah, but that's a lot for you, though. Yeah, yeah. Because when know. you don't drink a lot. But I could keep drinking, too. Okay. I, it, it's like with smoking or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get, I like something, that's all I'll do. Well, also, like, with you, you you've been to so many concerts, you don't want to go anymore. So for you to go to one and be at one when you're not shooting well, it. Well, I was sitting in Joe Shanahan's uh, own, prime location. Own, owner of the Metro? At his table. Yeah. And uh, Joe is so great. Yeah, incredible. What, such what a, a beaut- history. 40 years, and also Metro, a venue that is almost, exc- it had 
hip hop and different things. Yeah, it's it's very much built on alternative rock. Yeah, yeah, and rock bands in general. Yeah, yeah. you know, so much history there. Yeah, so much. I mean, we taped the '93 Pumpkin Show there. Yeah, was that? What did you tape the Siamese um, Dream? Siamese Dream was there, and they just did a show. I think they just did. They just did one. Yeah, I don't know. I had nothing to do with it. No, but I I, I caught some of it. It sounded great. Yeah, I didn't like the way the station. Did you listen online? Uh, no, no. I I caught some of it. uh, I caught some of it on the radio, which was a thrill. But did hear? Did they cut commercials like right in the middle of songs? I didn't hear all of it. I didn't know. I didn't know if they. Well, did I listened. That. It bothered me. I I thought like, if you're doing this and you got this, run a fucking commercial free. Oh, or or just have one big sponsor. And, yeah, and, yeah. Why are you like running all these terrible commercials? I and J- it like cut into the music. I was really upset about that. JVO hosted when when the Pumpkins broke up in 2000. Mm-hmm. And obviously we get back. James together. Van Osdell. James, James Van Osdell. A great guy. I, he's another the, awesome. Like the perennial music authority yeah and getting to work with him was like uh, surreal yeah i, I put I grew, him on the tv him. station i'm on yeah uh, vpod tv yeah and uh Carvin Carney. yeah and i did a i said do a video podcast because that's what people want to see you know and but the station's like well we got to get paid from this it's like uh, come on you run commercials that's the way it works <laughs> and you're getting free entertainment here yeah you know so i remember him hosting they they had two shows. They did the United Center, mm-hmm. and then they were going to do the Metro, and then they were done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Metro show was the last one. I remember there was news reports about it. It was a scene, and I was in high school, and I remember I was dating a girl in high school who was out of the country and loved the pumpkins and called me collect during collect. her parents' family vacation to South America to ask me to tape it because uh-huh. she – heard that they were going to do it and i knew about it. i was big radio nerd i was already listening to everything q101 at the time anyway so i was like oh yeah yeah and i remember i taped it. i remember i missed part of his song i had to flip the tape so i could tape the other side <laughs> and i remember listening and it felt like an event and it, i remember they did have a sponsor but it was like one main sponsor that they would go to mm-hmm. between songs mm-hmm. and stuff like that but it was it was really really cool yeah. and I remember, I remember like re- listening to it was really really fun and it was fine. It was, I think it was great that they did a live concert on the radio. Oh, I think too. it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Especially at night. I mean, the commercials are still there. You know, the same type of audience you have in the day where people just want to hear everything. Mm-hmm. And you build up to it. And it's something special for your, like, the P1. I'll use an inside radio gym. Your real diehard fans love something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to do stuff like that more often. I want to hear more. I want to hear more live things uh, like the Hulu, you brought bring up the metallica show that was on hulu i loved hulu's presentation mm-hmm. a lot of big concerts like they yeah. that you get to watch live and they delayed them so that they could fit them all into time yeah and but metallica produced their video it was great yeah and you saw it right it was incredible yeah i love the fact that they were using two wire cams and they weren't using they're using eighty thousand dollar cameras with yeah. you know forty thousand dollar lenses on uh, them. and kuda we were talking about metallica and how they do so much of their own stuff during the pandemic they did this great series on their youtube and their video channels uh-huh. online where they put up a show every monday like wow. a full show and some of them were like roughly produced from their early days they did their metro show from 1984 their first national tour uh-huh. where it's clear they didn't sell out the entire metro they sold out like half of it but it still looks great and like the sound is really really rough i kind of like it because you know what it is uh-huh. but then like here's one from 2017 
all the different cameras, HD, all the pyro, everything. Yeah, yeah. Stage in the round, all the big hit songs. Where uh, this rough band from 1984. It was a great web series. If you love Metallica, Metallica Mondays. They still have all. I think still a majority of those are still up, and they did them for charity too, mm-hmm. which is really really great. Yeah, Peoria, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We're on in Peoria. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. Peoria, shout out Jukebox Comedy Club. Book me. What's going on? Oh, really? Peoria, That's Illinois. A- I want to be there. Yeah. I want to. I want to play the metropolis that is Peoria. It's cool. Mudvayne, and then it's me. Uh-huh. That's, that's what I think. Of, what I think. Of, no, I've never. I've. I've been to Peoria once or twice. So uh-huh. a great comedy club though. Though, but if you're out there, Jukebox Comedy Club, you're watching this possibly on your on your airwaves. Uh-huh. Do you have to put quarters in to hear a joke? <laughs> Do you have to put quarters? In How many people? How many people have probably said that? How many people have probably walked in there and said that? Like, yeah, I want my quarterback, and they didn't I, like the I, show. I, I only got fifty cents. That's how many. How, what do I get? How many jokes for fifty cents? <laughs> dial a joke. Yeah, dial a joke. They probably those were a thing, like the one eight hundred numbers and stuff. I don't like know. That. You know, didn't know what did they might be giants have? They had the the. Oh, the, they had. That's how I got them on my show. They were on. Uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the name. Jay Flynn or somebody like that on WOR out of New York. Just what a delightfully weirdo fun band. Yeah, they so came. So many different styles of music. Well, I love Istanbul. Band. It's yeah. not Constantinople. Yeah. And they were on the show and they said, we have a dial, dial a phone number. So I called them up and they said, nobody's playing our music. So when I got the video, I was already playing it before I go, oh, they might be giants. Istanbul's not Constantinople. Love that music video. And I played it 10 times on my TV show, (laughs) back to back. I love this. I'm playing it again. (laughs) They found out about that and they came. They they drove in from New York to be on my show to play it live. That's great. And then uh, they had their accordion and stuff. And. uh, of course, I'm going to ask you. I mean, when you come back again and play, you know the song I'm going to request. Which one could that be? I think it's Istanbul, not Constantinople, Jerry. <laughs> you got it. Istanbul is Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone, Constantinople, now Turkish delight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, not Constantinople. So if you've a date, Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York. Was once New Amsterdam Why they changed it I can't say People just liked it better that way So take me back to Constantinople No you can't go back to Constantinople Been a long time gone Constantinople Why did Constantinople get the worst? That's nobody business but the Turks Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. So take me back to Constantinople. I'd go back to Constantinople a long time ago. Constantinople, what? Constantinople got the word. That's nobody's business but the dirt. Istanbul. So thank you for being on JBTV. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, and you're always welcome. And uh, keep up your comedy. Anything I can do yeah. to help you along the way. Anytime you want to come here and do a show. Yeah. 
You know what the setup is now. You know I'll how I do road, it, dude. I'll I'll do the man on the street stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll shoot. We'll shoot some stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's do that. Give, I'll get one of these mic heads. I'll just go out there and oh, get some mics stuff. are great. Yeah, I, yeah, shotguns are the best mics. I uh, you know I don't know why the news stations occasionally you see them using them now. Mm-hmm. Because they sound good, mm-hmm. and you don't get all the other noise around. You no, know? you get the voice. Yeah. Now, for a comic, you didn't want to use. No, one of these. you need you need the you need the XLR with a. But yeah. you could do one if you're doing a show too. I mean, you true. Know, so. for, for a for like a run around man in the street like at a festival type thing. Yes. Yeah, these are great. I remember I did my first Lollapalooza with this this very microphone. Actually, this is a thirty-eight nine-year-old microphone. So that microphone is as old as me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> JBTV crazy. started in 1984, so this 84. is our 39th year this yeah, October. So. Yeah, I, I was eight, I'm a 83 baby, man. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. God, my go. daughter was born in 79, so. <laughs> <laughs> you stay away from her. <laughs> She's going to break up with you on oh, the no, air. <laughs> not on the air again! Yes, on the air. Not only that, she's going to make up with you on the oh, air. On the air. Oh, that's and that's heartwarming. Yeah. It comes back around. Or we got to yeah. sell it. It should be sponsored. Yeah. Right? You got to get it sponsored. Yeah. She's going to have sex with you on no, the air. No, it's not happening. <laughs> that didn't happen. Broadcasting sponsors did not happen. Mom, didn't at happen. My, at my radio station in Milwaukee, one of my disc jockeys, we had the best look no contest. Way. Yes. No way. Yes. And you know the- Come on, When Jay. you hit the table like you hear a bump. The same thing with the turntables. He'd be on the air and it'd be boom, boom, boom. And I'd call up on the hotline. Damn it, stop doing that. You know, he would have sex with just about anybody that walked in the studio on the air while he was doing the show. Hot mic? Oh, yeah. He would even, he did a commercial for a hot dog place. (laughs) And I'm not joking you. He said, it's the big beef. And you take, I mean, it was all sex. And it was like, it went on for like five minutes. And the, the guy got so much response. It was at Southridge or Northridge, one of the shopping centers where they had a hot dog place. And he did this really. And, and a girl literally was on the other side of the glass. We no, had a best no, look contest. No, no. It was 20 below zero. She had a, no, a winter Jerry. coat, a winter coat on. She drops the winter coat totally naked. And she's like pressing up. And he's like on the air reading this commercial. And it was for the best look and the best feel contest. So you know what the best look was, and I could think you can figure out the best feel. And then he had sex with her in the studio. Wow. On the air. Wow. Yeah. What a different time. Yeah. What a different time. Yeah. And uh, that was Captain Whammo. <laughs> what a name. You can't go on the radio being Captain Whammo. So, God, I don't. that's never been said. I, I'm surprised I said that. Yeah, there you go. Do not use this in one of your comedy routines. I won't. I go won't. ahead. I don't I care. Is it, okay, is it okay if I go? Am I rude? If I, I, I was like, what's my exit point? I don't, I don't want to be rude and like just walk out where we're Kevin, you're going to be held hostage. No, we have to keep broadcasting forever. Nonstop. Nonstop. Joke after joke Until after joke. Until they kick in the door. If I don't get another joke in another 10 seconds. No. That we put 50 cents into this damn jukebox, no. I want a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Jerry. Appreciate cool. it. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. JBTV. There you go, the JBTV podcast, where we bring you the best music, the best interviews, and it's all unscripted and totally unrehearsed. Follow us on all the social media and spread the word. This is JBTV Music Television, the JBTV podcast. JBTV. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.